and welcome to another episode of In Medias Mess, where two pop culture nerds try to make sense of the messy world of mass media. I'm Alanis. And I'm Clea. We're glad to have you along. Now, K-media has pretty much taken over the world, and rightfully so, because it's produced some pretty amazing things over the last couple of decades. I mean, Squid Game was like humongous, just... Oh my god. (laughs) But with all the love the K-dramas and the music get, we wanted to talk a little bit about one K-media form that we love, but has yet to be on the media radar for some people. Truly. Not in the same scale, right? Right. It's like, there is a little bit, but just, we need some more love here. So mm-hmm. today, we are diving into the world of our favorite K-variety shows. For me to like try to filter out what to say about <laughs> K-variety, because I am such a big fan. Honestly, K-variety has like a hugely special place in my heart because it was pretty much through a variety show that sort of kick-started like mm-hmm. all of this for me. What year was it? Oh my god, 2007, I think? That's so long ago! 2007! 2007, 2007, I watched this variety show called Explorers of the Human Body, which was hosted by Shin dong Yup and the entirety of Super Junior. So it was this really strange sort of scientific inquiry into myths about the human body and they tested things like flexibility and coordination and like just every single stupid thing that you could possibly do to a human body, they did. And it was the most entertaining thing that I had ever watched and it really opened up the entirely new world of Korean media to me 14 years later. I'm still here. I think it's also funny in the way that I think time isn't real because Shin Dong Yup and Super Junior are still variety staples to this day. They are, and they're still variety show staples together. True, <laughs> too. Um, yeah, so like, variety shows are, I mean, it's a staple of Asian media. Yeah. And I think in conjunction to your connection of Suju to K-Variety, I think for a lot of second-generation K-pop fans, K-Variety was also a huge part of the fan experience. And I think that's fascinating. Obviously, I'm completely guessing, and this is all like anecdotal, but I would say that K-pop fans, again, in the second generation particularly, were more likely to be into a lot of variety. Part of the reason for that, I think, was that when Korean music, like when K-pop wasn't quite as international mm-hmm. and they focused like very heavily on the uh, the local market in South Korea, variety shows were really a way to kind of get your name out there and to get, you know, noticed by the general public. Uh, stuff like Star King and Strong Heart and Star Golden Bell and all of mm-hmm. that. You had essentially just like groups and groups and groups of just random K-pop idols there all the time. And they were just like mixing and mingling. And like, it was kind of crazy because for me, what I really loved about like the olden days of K-Variety, I guess, was so many idols got to interact with each other that you don't normally see. That's something I miss that I think, I mean, you know, the current variety shows still do that to an extent, but they made the most random pairings and it was just chaos. But 
yeah, it was just like a lot of fun. It's different though. They still do, of course. They still put people together as guests, obviously, depending on the variety. In terms of promotions, you know. Idols still, you know, idols still visit. It's like, that's still a thing. I just think the vibe is different talaga. Because before, yeah, I don't know how to explain it. Eh. It's just that it was done so often. Like, it wasn't an event that was like, oh, they're interacting. Like, of course they're interacting. And yeah, I guess the general public interest regarding idols interacting was a lot higher, that it was a constant thing on TV. And it's something that people actually tuned into. Star Golden Bell was a hit for so long. And compare that to later shows that kind of tried to do something similar like Master Key or Mafia Game in Prison, it wasn't as successful anymore because the taste has changed and the culture has changed. So yeah, I guess because of that, before it felt a lot more integral to the K-pop fan experience. And I think a lot of people miss that part of K-pop. And what I love about Variety actually is that it's so understood that when you're in Variety, you embody a different Variety character and it's just like an emphasized like aspect of you. It's not necessarily your image as, you know, let's say an idol or an actor or whatever. And that's super interesting to me because I think that gives them a lot more liberty to do like the most random things. The stupidest things, honestly. Um, when we're talking about like K-media that isn't music. I gravitated to variety much more than I did dramas. And maybe like part of that is because like I grew up on Japanese dramas. So maybe that was just always like a an unconscious bias or something. But I essentially like grew up consuming so much variety. And so, you know, whenever people talk about K-media, of course you're going to talk about K-pop. And of course you're going to talk about K-dramas because, you know, they, they produce some pretty good stuff. But I always feel like people should talk a little bit more about K-Variety just because there are so many good ones out there. No, same. I agree. It took me a while to get into K-dramas, actually. But K-Variety, I did not need a long time. Like, I watched two episodes of Running Man and I was sold. (laughs) um, And I just kept going because you're right. There's so many good ones and there's always something for everyone. And um, I usually have a variety show I'm watching rather than a drama like i do get the drama slump more often no yeah i'm also extremely picky with my dramas so it's hard for me to just like keep going like drama after drama after drama i'm really just like i'm not that kind of person yeah same but like a variety show where it's like sort of mind-numbing and it only takes like an hour and a half of your time and then like it's not you don't have to focus on continuity it's like that's so soothing to like a part of my brain that just doesn't want it. Yes. And in particular, I actually feel like there are a lot uh, that we can sort of learn from and sort of take a stab at like localizing. And I don't mean like a franchise. I mean like localizing to like suit the local market better. There are so many cool ones out there that I would love to see in like a Filipino setting. Honestly, this is always in my head. Every Mm -hmm. time I'm watching a variety, I can't help but think about um, this would be great if we could do something like this in the Philippines. I would love uh, to produce like a show like this or something like that. I know. I agree with you with like franchise. I don't want the franchise because often franchising doesn't really look at what the core of the show is. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't look at the core of what makes the show work. 
translate because I mean K variety works because it's localized. Like they're using um their culture yeah. and their like their societal culture, their humor. norms. Yeah, their yeah. humor. They're using that to the show's advantage. You know, obviously it's not like we don't have any variety shows here. We have, you know, the classics like Eat Bulaga, Showtime, yeah. and we have new ones from different streaming platforms even coming up. Like there's a main Mendoza show that I just saw the other day. And we have a lot of fun segments, like fun games. And yeah, I just think there's a lot of ideas that we can get inspired by from Asian variety. We already have the great humor anyway. Like Filipino humor, I maintain, is one of the best. Honestly, it is. You know, yeah, but exactly that. Um, there's so many good show ideas that I think we can take and sort of make our own. I guess for me, I think like the show that I was watching that really made me think of this was Battle Trip. I love Battle Trip. <laughs> I'm so sad it's gone. I love I Battle know, Trip. I know, I'm so, so much. sad it's gone. Um, you know what's funny about Battle Trip is too, like they keep going to Barakay. <laughs> they do. It's kind of ridiculous. But like I I mean I understand it. I love Barakay. I really do. But like there are other islands, friends. We've got like seven thousand of them. No, but yeah, I love Battle Trip, especially because Filipinos really love their travel shows. So for those of you who haven't seen it, Battle Trip was basically a show where you put two teams together and the teams go head to head in planning out a travel itinerary. So they decide on where to go, what to do, the budget, the accommodations, where to eat, everything. And they film their trip and sort of explain what goes down throughout it. And then at the end of each episode, an audience votes on how likely they are to recreate that trip. And the teams follow their own theme to uh appeal to the audience. Like there are themes that are like a mother-daughter trip, like a backpacking trip, like a nature right. tourism thing, like a budget friend trip. Like yeah, there's a budget everything. hangout or like there was also one episode where the theme was just alcohol. <laughs> it was like, sure, let's do that. That was always what I found interesting actually, because the themes aren't always hyper specific, though they can be. Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes it's very general, and sometimes they go to the same place, and you get to see how differently they plan their trips, and then yeah. sometimes they go to different places completely. And yeah, you realize, you know, oh, that's more my style. Like, oh, that's something I would do. Yeah, my biggest consideration was always how much money they spent. Seem the man, that's like very realistic. <laughs> I mean, if I had the money, then I would just be like, okay, which one would I splurge on or something i think the ones that i usually like are the ones that have a lot of activities mm, yeah and something that makes the most out of where they are yeah, yeah. Uh, and also what food they eat <laughs> oh for sure for sure like that's not a question they go into like supreme detail so <laughs> what they're eating how they're like how it would be for like the korean taste like korean palette yeah they're they're extremely detailed with their descriptions and well like we've said a lot of them go to barakay yeah. but i honestly really loved the one where sandara went to palawan yes that was super fun honestly i'm actually always just such a big fan of sandara being on this show <laughs> essentially becoming like the department of tourism south korean marketing arm no okay so here's the thing like sometimes when i see celebrities or idols whatever visit the philippines 
sometimes I feel like they tend to go like super basic. They do. As in like where to eat. Where to go, where to eat. And like in my head, I'm just like, I can take you to better places. I always hate when idols like go to concert, like go do concerts here and then they're eating at like Maxis or something. And I'm like... No, Cleo, same as in whenever <laughs> I watch like behind the scenes ganon, or like what they're parang day off from the concert and I'm like, bakit kayo dyan kumakain? Diyos ko! Ang dami-dami pwedeng kainan sa Araneta, sa Moa, bakit dyan? <laughs> right? Gets ko naman, para typical Filipino food, ganyan. Pero in my head, parang pwede kayong punta somewhere else. Like, it doesn't even need to be a fancier place as in just like somewhere else that's more authentic or like, I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, anyway, Sandara Park fulfills my desire for people to like discover cool places and cool things in the Philippines. Yeah, but obviously they don't go to just the Philippines. Like, they do a lot of fun stuff. Like, where? what were, what are your favorite ones? Like, top of your head? Ooh, okay, I have two. The first one is the Kazakhstan episode. We have a friend, Inez, that I always talk to about wanting to go to Central Asia. And I have like several bookmarks on Instagram about like places to go from there. Honestly, like that area of Asia, I would love to explore talaga. Right, exactly. And honestly, like the bookmarks and talking about it is the extent of my research. Right, right. <laughs> so I only know the general stuff. So when I saw the episode, I was so excited. This is everything that I needed to know. Thank you. So yeah, that was definitely a favorite episode that's super memorable. And then there's also the 17 Yogyakarta episode. Just because it seemed like such a fun Berkada trip, like I just really got envious. <laughs> right. So yeah, those are my favorites. How about you, Cleo? Honestly, I... I've watched so many, but like every time like someone asks me what my favorite is, I really blank. Um, but I I don't remember who, but like there was a Thailand trip that was so nice. Yeah. That I was really just like, oh God, I want to go. Because like I haven't been to Thailand, but I had I've been planning for like the longest time. And I'm just, I feel like I could have gone if like the pandemic didn't happen, but like whatever. Whatever. But like that trip really was just kind of like I saw it and I was like I need to get out of here like right now I want to go but yeah so it's shifting a little bit like about like why I think this is so Filipino is that we have so many places that like are so nice and so unexplored and I feel like especially like now with this shift to like talking about local travel I feel like a travel show like a travel variety show like battle trip would be just so much fun to do i mean again like we said travel shows have always been a staple for us they have traveling and tourism it's a big part of our economy and you know we have a lot of traveling shows you have like kapusumo jessica soho i used to watch like biahin drew sometimes um erwan Yusuf has a new one on discovery plus that's about um eating also and like talking to everyday people but i think it would be interesting said to bring kind of a playful game show element to it like battle trip did and there's also like audience participation so i think it's a nice angle to go off of yeah and you know it's actually a fun way to get like 
personalities involved. No, like, yeah. Get, get actors to like plan an itinerary for a family of five. I don't know. Like just yeah. do something fun and stupid that gets everyone interested in different places. No, exactly. I was gonna say too, what works in Battle Trip is that not everything is a luxury trip. Like it's not, you know, the best hotel or like the most expensive activities that you can do. And so it's fun to see personalities be out of their comfort zone sometimes. Right. And, you know, the part about Battle Trip that actually I really like is that they really do have to plan their itineraries for normal people because normal people are voting on what they want to do. Yes. And there are always unexpected people for certain destinations, pa, like unexpected friendships and like pairings for the trip. So it's also like the dynamics of it all. And there's really a lot of freedom to kind of play with the format. Yeah. I really hope like the DOT just eventually like picks something up like it. Just because it would be such a fun show. I know it would be pricey, but like it would be such a fun show. I mean, all of this does not discount the main production budget. Sila. <laughs> it's probably why it's also gone, but you know, in an ideal world. Yeah, in an ideal world. But yeah, yun nga, I think Battle Trip was fun and was able to differentiate itself as a travel show very well because, again, of the competition element, the audience participation, and also just like having the opportunity to have different personalities come and explore different traveling options it was really it was a good show and i hope we see something like it again in the future again i'm sad that battle trip is now gone but (laughs) if anyone in the world would like to pick this show up please do or you know pay us maybe (laughs) pay us and we'll do it for you So much like Battle Trip, there are a few varieties that are like an amalgamation of different elements. And usually like food is a prominent part of that. And there's another variety actually that comes to mind in this respect. And that's Amazing Saturday. It's an extremely entertaining show. It really is. Okay, so again, like for people who are uninitiated, Amazing Saturday is basically like chaos. Oh, it's so many <laughs> things. It's like it's celebrating the Korean language. It's like it's learning the Korean language and learning about like the history of Korean music. Yes. Also market food and it's idol chemistry and it's game shows to like the nth degree. It's really one of those shows where you can't really explain it to someone. You kind of just have to sit them down in front of an episode and then just hope that they get it. Yeah, it's a different kind of variety show than what people have come to think about the Asian variety. Because if you don't watch much, like what you think of it, right? Like when you think of it, the image that comes into your head are like the Japanese game shows from Vine viral clips and like Running Man, especially for, again, second gen. And a lot of that is physical comedy. And while I absolutely find those super funny and they're super entertaining, I think AMSAT is different in the sense that it taps on very local things like local food, popular music history, local games, pop culture, you know, through the costumes also, Mm. and variety, entertainer, chemistry. Right. Plus, I think it's also so smart to have Hitnim, who is a popular mukbang YouTuber who joins them because it's not just including 
online creators, but it also includes the kind of mukbang culture that has kind of propagated from South Korea. And it's become such a recognizable part of Korean media as well. Right, yeah. And using food as like a reward for people who answer the questions, right? I actually like, I actually really like when they talk about like the food, right? what the food is, where it's from, how it's made. I feel like if you're into Korean culture, but you're not like you're a little overwhelmed by just like how much there is, AMSAT is like a really kind of like good way to ease yourself into it. Yeah, you're right. It really feels like a celebration of their media and their pop culture in a way that doesn't feel so in your face. And a lot of people think they only do idol music, but they do not. No, they don't. They go through every genre. They've done a lot of like really old, really classic. They've done trot and a lot of first-gen K-pop. The catalog is actually really extensive. And it's also a good Korean language lesson, especially if that's something that you're learning or interested in learning. Mm, yes, yes. Like when they do songs that I know, I end up having a newfound appreciation for the lyrics because they really dissect word choice, meaning, rhyme, melody, all of that. I particularly like when songwriters are guests because usually when uh, that sort of part of the game is happening there's like a lot of discussion on no but this would have meant something else this would be a better meaning blah 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 so as someone who is very much a beginner in like the korean language i just always really appreciate sort of listening to the dissection and kind of understanding like how much just like a slight pronunciation change is going to just like alter the entire thing it really makes me wish that we had something like that that would highlight all of our OPM. Right, yeah. Because OPM is such an integral part to like the Filipino experience. Like is. music music is a big thing here. And what I really like about AMSAT really is that like you can really feel the promotion of your own in it. And without being too on the nose about it, you know, like... It's just it just makes for like a fun time and it gets people interested in different forms of your culture, which I think is always a good idea in the Philippines. Like we forget about our own quite often. Yes. I mean, again, like it has mini games about dramas, movies, even popular memes. Like it's very comprehensive and it's definitely like a twist on your typical trivia show. You know, like it's informative in the sense that, you know, you feel like you're discovering things with the cast. Again, it's just like it promotes a lot of like Korean things. You know, yeah. it like promotes Korean food, it promotes Korean music, it promotes Korean culture. And I think, you know, localized to any um, market, I feel like that would be something really interesting to watch. Um, aside from Filipino, you know, like I would love to see a Japanese version or like a oh my God. Turkish You're version, right. or like a Russian version. Like, I don't know. Like, I just really like learning about culture in a way that feels kind of light and fun. And I feel like I'm like that's something that AMSAT does really well. Yeah. You know what I'm realizing is a, we, a lot of the stuff we like are like very chill, mellow. <laughs> yeah. Um, K variety. As much as I really enjoy like the physical intense stuff, it's just they can be a little overwhelming. Um, so I just like the ones that are like particularly laid back where people are just allowed to kind of like hang out and vibe. Mm -hmm. And I think the epitome of that 
uh, for me is Life Bar. And I think that it would make such a good Filipino show. I really do. I mean, this country loves a good inuman. <laughs> this country has all the makings of like a perfect like life bar setting. Anyway, so again, for those of you guys who don't know, life bar is essentially a talk show. But instead of just like, you know, hanging out in a studio in front of an audience and some lights, you guys go to a bar and talk about like life and do your interviews and everything over a meal and some beer and sometimes like one of those stronger shots that people really try to avoid but that's essentially the premise it's a talk show except you're sharing a meal and some drinks together and i i don't remember how i found life bar i just i think it was just like one i just found like one episode like by chance and then i just loved the concept so much that i just kept watching everything and again just in the philippines where we love our alcohol And we, you know, love our inuman nights and our drunken heart-to-hearts. Um, I just think it's such a good idea. Yeah. Parang putting your interviewees in a setting that, like, lets them chill, I feel like gets just so much more information and so much more, like, fun interactions. Especially when you have good hosts. And plus, we also love a good chikahan session. Like, we have celebrity talk shows. Yeah, mga boy abunda, ganun. The buzz. But, like, it feels very stiff. It feels very packaged, I think, the word is. Which, I mean, I understand. They do that for a reason. There's a level of, like, <laughs> image control there. <laughs> um, but I just think it would feel a lot more connected to the audience if it were in a setting like Life Bar. Yeah. And, you know, people do it on YouTube anyway, like, drink with me challenges and stuff like that. So why not adopt it? And, you know, do something like it. And Life Bar has ended also, but there are still so many um, drinking shows in Korea. And there's still so much, like, drinking content in their shows. Oh, for sure. There's so many other shows like it um, that derives from it. There are. Honestly, Koreans love to drink. And evidently, they love to drink on their variety shows, too. It's a really simple concept and one that's extremely doable here in the Philippines. There's so much about Life Bar that I really like. But honestly, I think part of it is just because I feel like when you're drunk and your inhibitions are like a little lower, you also get to talk about the serious stuff in a lot more comfortable setting. There's truly nothing I hate more in like interviews than when it feels like you're pulling teeth. When it is so awkward and so stiff and you can tell that like this person is calculating every single word that comes out of their mouth. And I feel like with, you know, shows like Life Bar, you don't get that because everyone's relaxed and you're having fun and you're drinking and you're eating and it's just a fun time. Yeah, and you know, a lot of our celebrity culture now relies on relatability and like connection to their audience. So talk shows like Life Bar, I think, can really help with that. Right. And honestly, I mean, it's not, you know, how people get like up in arms about like what you show on the the television or whatever. It's also a great way to promote drinking responsibly. You guys, it's not, you don't have to be crazy. Nobody has to throw up. They're not getting blackout drunk. Yeah, they're not getting blackout drunk. They're just like tasting like, um, a glass here, a glass there, ganon. Yeah, it's so, like maybe like two beers and one shot per person. Like that's pretty much it for the 
entire show. You know what? Also, they have really pretty cocktails. They do. <laughs> I'm always like, wow, that. I want that cocktail. Also, nandito na naman si Boom, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, actually no. Um, what's it called? Jumping back to my like wormhole into 2007, it's Hichal and Shindongyo. <laughs> Maybe this is an episode about them, pala. <laughs> But yeah, there are also non-Shindong Yu drinking shows. There was also things that make me groove with Kyuhyun on YouTube by Napi D, who has essentially made like spin-off shows for every cast member of New Journey to the West. There's really just so many to choose from, Talaga. Like so many. I mean, the, and that's the fun part about like Korean variety, really. It's just like the literal variety that you get. That you can, like, whatever mood that suits you or whatever vibe that you choose, like, there is something out there that you can do. Like, there's something that you can watch and have fun with. There's a recent explosion also of YouTube content, actually. Like, there are a lot of content creators, obviously, all over the world and especially in Korea. But, yeah, there's a lot of shows now in on YouTube. YouTube-based shows, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of channels have popped up and, like... The channel TVN even has its own like OTT platform, I think, now called TV. I don't know how to say it. TVing? TVing? <laughs> um, so the internet streaming era has really, you know, changed things. And there are so many objectively stupid ones, but they're so entertaining. Yes, that's so true. And I have so many favorites. Like what I mentioned, like the channel by Napidi, um, Channel Full Moon which I love. There's also MMTG. Ah, uh, MMTG is so much fun. <laughs> really good interviewing and just fun antics. But the first YouTube show that I really loved and I think contributed to the kind of YouTube show boom now is Workman. Right. <laughs> Workman is so funny. <laughs> so Workman is a lot like Dirty Jobs with Micro, if you guys have ever seen it. Um, basically, there's a host and they try and work different odd jobs in every episode. But unlike dirty jobs, these are run-of-the-mill, normal blue-collar jobs that a lot of their everyday citizens have. And personally, I find this show a lot of fun. I really love these kinds of shows that feel like they're kind of just giving you a glimpse of what everyday life is like for other people. Yes, and Workman essentially goes through all of the different part-time jobs that are available and Part-time jobs are a huge part of like modern Korea, and so Workman shows what the jobs are like in a funny way, but it also helps you figure out what you can do in these part-time jobs. Like They call the audience job seekers. So again, in that sense, it takes an integral part of their like modern contemporary society and makes an entertaining but also actually useful <laughs> show. And, you know, the channel isn't perfect, it's not controversy-free, but, like, it's genuinely, like, very funny. And the premise of the entire thing, I think it's admirable. My favorite one that, like, really got me hooked on the show was the ski resort one. Like, when I watched that, I was like, yeah, I, I love the show. <laughs> My favorites, I would say, are Waxing Salon. Yeah, the Waxing Salon. <laughs> <laughs> Waxing salon and um, Bingsu restaurant. I am always like in awe of food service workers. Same. Because I think that they have such a hard job and that they do it very well and have to deal with awful people. 
And so I really like sort of having that um, glimpse into like what the world of food service is in Korea. Actually, I think it came out today. Seven, like they have a show with like they have an episode with like Seventeen and like Shake Shack or something. So that's on the to watch list. But they're not always part time jobs or blue collar jobs. There was one where he was like the manager of EXO for a day, yeah, or something that was like really that. Funny too. So it's just like a bunch of like random jobs and random things. I particularly also like that there's a lot of respect. Um, yes. towards the job and towards the people who do the job. Sometimes, you know, when you get like a rich person doing a job for the camera, yes. it can be a little like annoying. Especially if like this is not a person who is game to do the job, you know? And so I like Workman for the, for the, for the exact reason that like this is a person who is just like, oh, I need to wax my like cameraman. Sure, let's go. Like that's a that's an actual thing that happened. And you know, whenever they do kind of like sit down and talk about the job and what people do and like all of that, it's just like it's all very respectful and very like open, which I really like. There's one episode for me that stands out in that respect. Um, they had guests BB and Car the Garden clean trains, train cars, and. It was something that I really did not think about much, honestly. Like I, I didn't think about the people who were cleaning train cars. And I saw the episode after there was like this whole viral issue as well locally with the MRT cleaning staff and stuff. So it was really something that I felt was important to be shown, actually, just because we take so many of these jobs for granted and. They also did like a first aid responders episode that I thought was very cool. Also a construction worker episode. Oh, that one was good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and you know, it's treated with a lot of respect and admiration. You know, it's not a condescending or like even a poverty porn kind of thing. I feel like for like all over the world, there is like a weird sort of sense of um superiority over people who do like the menial jobs but these are like as the pandemic has proven these are the essential jobs and so again it's just I like it I love it for the same reason that I love dirty jobs in that it brings a lot of like respect and dignity towards like the profession and the people who do it and I feel like that's like such an important thing especially also again like Talking about localization, um, the Philippines has so many jobs like this that really like that takes so much out of you and that require like a lot on the job and that people don't really know about or care about. So I feel like something like this would be such a good. There's just so much to do with it locally. I think. I mean, grab drivers palang. <laughs> Delivery riders, man. Yeah, and obviously, again, with this, the treatment is very critical because the wrong lens can make it seem like exploitation. So it depends on how it's structured. And there's a balance that Workman is able to walk, and I think that's partly because of the way it's addressing its audience as job seekers. And again, to do it with so much lightness and humor. Which is not an easy thing to achieve. Humor on a normal day is difficult. Like humor when you're dealing with, you know, topics and areas where you're supposed to be respectful. That's a difficult thing to actually pull off. 
But actually, in terms of appreciation also, I do want to throw in a recent variety show that I watched that I thought was like very fascinating and also like surprisingly heartwarming. And it's called Unexpected Business. Mm. And it's actors Zoen Sung and Cha Tae-hyun taking over a small local convenience store in the province. Mm. Like they let the um, Lola, uh-huh. <laughs> who was the owner, take a vacation while they run the store for her and like a small restaurant for her because the locals eat and hang out in the store as well. So it's very Ooh. much like a Sari Sari store. It's like a hub for the community. And Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, and what I thought was really cool was that it showed how the community relied on the store. It showed the different kinds of people in the community and their different stories. And yeah, it really just made me think about our Sari Sari stores and all of the stories that people who pass by there may have. And it's really just an interesting way to highlight and celebrate the everyday citizen and also kind of provide concrete ways to help them as well. Honestly, like, I feel like that's the magic of a good variety show. The, in the Philippines, we do have a bunch of, like, variety shows. You have noontime shows, we have, like, music shows. We have, like, a bunch of shows that are produced here that, like, people enjoy and that they share about the lives of communities and all of that. But... I feel like what South Korea is able to do really well with their variety is that there's just so much creativity mm-hmm. that comes in when um, conceptualizing a show and like putting one together that these aren't necessarily like new concepts. These aren't new ideas, but they're presented in a way that's a lot of fun and a lot like, and that's really engaging right. to your viewers. And I feel like, that's something that we really should be thinking a little bit more about. Um, You know, because I I don't want to generalize because we do have some pretty fun shows, you know. But, you know, sometimes they can get a little mind-numbing. They can get a little formulaic. And I feel like that's, that's something we can sort of work on and something that we can have fun with. Because variety shows are there for you to have fun i think it's just that we need more variety shows actually right yeah so we're not really saying to replace any of these or to like stop them and you know put something better on same but just like i there are so many shows that i still enjoy you know like they, we do game shows quite well honestly like, let's put that out And there. we did, like, stuff like Going Bulilit, ganon. <laughs> yeah, that's actually really fun and really entertaining. I guess that's true that, like, in terms of K-variety, especially for us who, like, regularly seek it out, we are spoiled for choice. Yeah. And I think, I guess that that really is the thing that I would just like to see more in the Philippines. We already have some pretty good ones. Let's add some more. Yeah. Exactly, and I hope we hopefully do see some more. What I realized also about the shows that we talked about is that they really are more about the everyday, and it's almost like it's celebrating the mundane, and you know, by extension, it's celebrating life, kind of. And that's only even just a handful of K variety and Asian variety in general. Like, these are just what four that we've mentioned. 
Yeah, these are four out of like seven million. And we haven't even gotten to like, you know, if you're a K-pop fan, we haven't even gotten to like the group specific ones. Like they have so many like cooking shows and they have so many game shows and competition shows. And it's just, it's a lot of fun. Yes, exactly. And I think that's what makes variety shows compelling to me personally is that you're able to find like these small pockets of happiness in these small things like whether it's a random game in the show or a nice little interview moment that talks about like life and dreams or you know just everyday stories of everyday people and we really all need that sometimes and i guess that's a good place to end it so we would like to hear from you guys Have any of you seen the shows that we were talking about? Like, what do you think of them? Tell us your favorite episodes. Link us to things because, you know, we always love watching stupid stuff. What's your favorite variety show? Korean or otherwise? You know, like, give us some new content to watch. Let us know about what you're interested in. And yeah, we're going to be talking about this, as we always do, over on Twitter. So you can follow us at InMediasMess. And... That's it for this week. Thank you guys again for spending time with us. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.